So if you want to return to your roots and just grow that organic traffic, first step, share photos of your small town. Get out there, get on the streets, take pictures of your main drag, take pictures of the exterior of your business. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hello there, listener, and welcome to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast. My name is Molly Knuth, and I am the host of Small Minded, where we share everything small town, small business, and just how to love on our small town and see it grow. Now, if you're a regular listener, you may notice that things sound a little differently. Hopefully not, but if you notice a difference, it's because I'm recording in a different space today. Due to the summer months and the changes to the kids being at home on the regular, I have gone full-time in our co-working space in our small town, and I am recording from a large conference room with hardwood floors, and I'm hoping the echo isn't too terrible. So bear with me, and we'll just see how this goes. But today's episode is one that I'm super excited about. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet so it's actionable for you, but I think it is something that is crucial for all small business owners who are using social media to market and make sales on behalf of their business. It's all about the changes that have come to Facebook in 2021. And if you know me outside of the podcast, you know that my full-time business is Molly Knuth Media. It's a small town social media marketing agency. And we focus on how marketing for small town businesses is different than marketing for like big brands or national companies, things like that. So Along the time that I have been in business, I have really been an advocate for using Facebook. And I know it's come in and out of vogue. And I know that Facebook is just full of things that maybe are a little problematic. But I also know that Facebook is something that brings people together for good. It brings people together in small towns to help share news and updates. And it also has so many tools and powerful data points that you can use on behalf of your business. So I really still am a huge advocate of Facebook, and today we're going to dig into some of the changes and some of the benefits of using Facebook for your business in 2021. So let's dive in. Okay, first up, let's talk about some of the changes, some of the struggles, and some of the positive things that I've seen happen on Facebook over the past six months. So first of all, if you've recently seen the rollout, maybe you haven't yet, but Facebook is coming out with a whole new layout for business pages. So you may have this already, but it is rolling out slowly. So if you're totally unfamiliar with what I'm saying, just listen because it's going to be coming to all pages very soon. If you have already made the transition, you might be able to identify with some of the things I'm talking about, or maybe you have some answers to some of the questions that I still have. So the thing about Facebook and the social media platforms and people who are operating as social media managers and marketers is that we don't get like heads up or prior warning about these big changes that come out. We're learning right alongside you. So I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to tell you what I can do. All right. So first up with the new layout, 
what you're going to notice is that it's no longer accessed, your page, I mean, your page is no longer accessed from your personal account. So when you need to switch into your business page, you're going to have to like switch out, it's called, you don't have to log out, but you're just going to transition from this personal account that you have where you are connected to your family, your friends and all that. And then you're going to switch into your business page so that all you'll see is your business. Now, a reason that I like this is because over the years, I know it has been a struggle. Like sometimes you want to like a post as your business, or sometimes you want to comment as you, but it shows up as your business commenting. And you're like, oh my gosh, why can't this be easier? So one of the major advantages to having these separate now is that we will no longer have that issue. So when you're logged into your personal account, it's you. When you're switched over to the account that represents your business, everything that you like, comment, et cetera, that's going to be on behalf of your business. So it makes that super easy. The other thing I really like is that now when you log into your new business page layout, everything that shows up in the newsfeed are pages, accounts, brands, people that you like as your business, which may vary from who you like and interact with on a personal level. So for example, on my business page, I make sure that I'm following a lot of local organizations, local businesses, or local schools. I may be following those on my personal page as well, but over on my business, I can see that and I don't have to sift through like friend updates and things like that. I still want to see those friend updates and family updates, but when I'm logged in and I am specifically engaging on behalf of my business, it takes a lot less time to sift through those personal posts. And I can just see the brands and the businesses and the people who I want to connect with on behalf of my business. So that makes it super easy. And again, I don't have to worry about if I'm posting on behalf of my personal self or on behalf of my business self, because with the new layout, it just makes it very distinct and a lot easier to manage that from that regard. So with the new layout, and if this is really hard to digest in an audio format, don't worry head to my website and in the show notes, I have a walkthrough from a couple months ago that you can see step-by-step how I do this in a video format. So don't worry if this is confusing. You can just go to my website, www.mollyknuthmedia.com slash blog. And in the most recent blog that goes along with today's episode, there will be a link to that step-by-step video tutorial. So you can follow that too. Summertime is here. And at Molly Knuth Media, we are going back, throwing it back to the early days of MKM. Make sure you're following Molly Knuth Media on Facebook and Instagram this summer because we're bringing back our weekly live trainings. Each week, you are going to get a step-by-step video tutorial walking you through a specific marketing process or giving you tips and strategies to up-level your business this summer. So head over to at Molly Knuth Media on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure that you check out the events that we have coming up so you can see which topics we are sharing on each week. You can RSVP to the topics that speak to you, and then tune in to our live videos for my best tips, tricks, and strategies this summer. I cannot wait to see you there. And I welcome any suggestions you have for upcoming topics that you'd like me to teach on at Molly Knuth Media. All right. So love the separate news feed. Love that you can interact with your followers easier. Some of the things that I'm not so crazy about 
are that the analytics are different. And it's not to say that this is a good or a bad thing. I think one of the benefits is that they're incorporating some of the Instagram analytics. So you can see which of your posts got the highest reach at the click of a button. You can see which of your posts got the highest engagement at the click of a button. But some of the analytics that I've been leaning into over the years are now gone. Like, can I see what time is the busiest time for traffic on my page? Can I, there's just a lot of things that I noticed went away. But the analytics are different. It's not to say it's better or worse. It's just to say that it's a change and I am still adjusting. So the analytics are different. I think down the road, I probably won't care so much in a year from now. But right now I'm like, dang it, they took away some of my favorite things. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to point out is that there are still some quirks that are happening. And regardless of any time any business rolls something new out, there are always going to be quirks and things that don't get noticed until it's given to the masses and people start noticing things that maybe the team did not notice. So you might notice that like sometimes when you go to copy and paste, it doesn't work correctly. There are a couple other things that I thought were a little bit clunky too, but just keep in mind that anytime there's a new rollout, there's going to be issues. A lot of times it's just a glitch. And if you try it again the next day, things will be fixed. And you can always submit a report or a request to Facebook. You likely will not get any response back from my experience. So what I do is if I run into a glitch or something's not working correctly, I have like a group that I'm part of on Facebook that's all for social media managers. And I will ask a question inside that group or I just give it a day and I come back and typically it's fixed. So that's what I would recommend to you. One of the major places that I've noticed these glitches happening is in Creator Studio. Now, if you've been here for a while, you know that that is what I use to create and schedule all my Facebook posts. You can also do that for Instagram if you have your Instagram account plugged into your Creator Studio account. But what I've noticed over on Creator Studio is that sometimes things just don't work quite right. So like, for example, I can't just drag a picture from my desktop into a post. I have to actually go in and I know this is such a first world problem. I have to manually click through from the post to upload a picture that I want. And it's just an extra step that I didn't used to have to do, but now I do. The other thing I noticed in Creator Studio is I'm not exactly sure how or why this happened, but in the new Creator Studio look, as I'm drafting a post, it will continuously update and give me a preview of how the post is going to look to the viewer. So the other day I was drafting a longer post and I was making some changes and like adding some emojis and changing up some words to make it sound a little better. And all of a sudden I got a notification that says, you have been posting too quickly. You are disabled from posting for a temporary amount of time. And I was like, wait a second, I have been working on the same post for 20 minutes. And how is it all of a sudden that I'm typing too fast? Because for me, that's a post that took a long time. <laughs> and what I kind of drew as a conclusion was that I was making all these edits and changes and in the new creator studio, because it had to make so many updates to the preview, it was thinking that I was just posting really quickly, which could come across as a bot or as an account that was trying to spam followers, which I obviously wasn't. So I did actually dispute that claim and I haven't heard anything back, kind of like I said a little bit ago, but still submitted a claim that said that, you know, all I was doing was typing. I wasn't really trying to spam anybody. I was just making changes. And that would be a constructive point for the development group at Facebook so that they knew that this was a glitch. It seems like something that could probably happen to other people as well. So I wanted them to be aware of it. Now, if you run into that same thing, like I said a little bit ago, I just gave it a day 
and it was better. Everything was fine. And I haven't run into it again. Thankfully, it was just on my own account that that was happening, not on behalf of a client. So it really wasn't a big deal. And I would just say, like, as Facebook continues to make some of these changes and roll out these new features, we will probably have some of that more and more. So just be like kind of aware that this is going to happen. The chances are likely that you will run into a glitch at some point. Don't take it personally. Try not to get too frustrated about it. Just give it a little bit of time and it should resolve itself. Okay, so that's the changes and the updates. Now, other things that I've noticed happening on Facebook outside of just the new layout and the new creator studio is that across the board, I have been seeing lower reach and engagement among all of my accounts that I manage. Now, this could be in regards to an algorithm shift, which could be. It could be in regards to maybe the content that I'm sharing is not hitting with my audience, which is definitely possible. But because it is across the board, I'm wondering if, I don't know that all of the accounts that I manage could not hit with their audience at the same time. So I'm a little suspect of that. Um, The other thing about lower reach that we all need to be aware of is that in the summer months, your engagement and your reach is going to dip just because of the time of year it is. So if you notice that in May, June, July, August, your numbers are just not where they were in January, February, March, it's because think about what people are doing in their real life. They're getting outside. They are trying to enjoy the weather. They are probably busy at ball games or barbecues or fishing or going for long walks, and they are not logging into their social media platforms as much. And if they are, it's likely going to be early in the morning or late in the evening. So the times that you post may need to shift to mirror that new habit that we are noticing in the summer months. So lower reach and engagement can be happening for a variety of things. It could be algorithm. It could be because we need to step up our content. And it could just be because of the season. So what I am doing to kind of try to boost that reach and engagement again and test out a few things is first up, I'm taking new risks. So that means I'm not doubling down and saying, oh, the algorithm just sucks right now. I'm going to continue with my content plans as is. I'm not shifting anything. It's a Facebook thing. I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, okay, now it's a time to stretch. I need to try some new stuff. I need to take calculated risks. Maybe try a TikTok. Maybe shift up my platform. Maybe add a platform. Maybe what I need to do is go live on Facebook. Maybe I need to get more pictures instead of graphics. Just change up what you're doing and see if maybe that will increase some interest and engagement again. Now, I'm going to give you at the end of this episode in just a couple minutes my like return to your roots tips that are always successful. So stick around if you want those kind of post ideas that are always going to hit. But if you are noticing the lower reach and engagement, like I said, try taking some calculated risk, change things up. Maybe you want to start going live once a week. Maybe you want to create more educational posts instead of just, hey, this is what we're doing today. Maybe you do want to do more of those, hey, this is what we're doing today if what you have been doing is the educational posts. Maybe you want to do more video if you've been mostly doing pictures and graphics. Change what you're doing. The other things that I have done that are calculated risks, and they're not really risks, but they're just different than the way I've approached it before, are A, I am joining more local groups. And what Facebook said a few years ago, it's probably two years ago now, was that they were going to start really emphasizing 
posts from family and friends, you're going to see more of that in your newsfeed. They were also going to emphasize more of the posts that were happening from groups because that's where a lot of connections were happening. Because a group, so let's kind of, I guess I should take a step back. We have your personal Facebook profile, and that's you when you're logging in and you're seeing your newsfeed and it's all your family, your friends, the businesses that you follow, right? You have your business page. This is your business storefront on Facebook. This is where you are sharing your recent sales. This is where you're talking about products. This is where you're talking about services. This is where you're sharing pictures of your clients that you've helped. Your Facebook business page should be like your storefront in a physical building. It's put together nicely. It has very specific sections. It has all of your contact information. And it's like a one-stop shop for people to get information and to get in contact with you. Now, a Facebook group, that's going to be like bringing somebody into your living room, okay? So let's say at your business, your storefront is like the front space of where you are working. It's got the displays set out nicely. It's always clean. It's always organized. And then maybe you have a break room, right? And in the break room, there's probably some couches, a table, a refrigerator. It's where you and your coworkers and your employees sit down to shoot the shit, right? (laughs) So the Facebook groups are going to be kind of like that. Where you are inside that group, it's people that you are connecting with, not just because you're a business, but because you have an interest in something, or you want to find out more information about a specific topic, or maybe it's people in a local area. So what I did, because I was seeing some reduced reach and engagement, I joined groups that were specific to industry or location for my clients. Now, when you join a group, a lot of times you have to join it as your personal self. Sometimes you can join it as your business. A lot of these groups that I joined and requested to join, I had to get approval. And then what I had to do was say, hey, I'm going to be in this group, but I'm going to be representing A, B, C, or D, the business or businesses that I was going to be posting on behalf of. So I would just be really upfront when you're joining groups, look for places in your local area. So for example, let's say you're a restaurant, there's like a restaurant group on Facebook for your state or this location in your specific area. Um, maybe you're in the beauty industry and you want to join a group of hairdressers and you're like joining hairdressers in Iowa, something like that. There's probably a Facebook group for that. So join Facebook groups that are in your industry, that are in your location. And a lot of these groups will allow you to post, to ask questions and find out information. Or some of these groups are set up just so that you can advertise yourself. So make sure you know the rules and know what is allowed in each group when you join it. But what I noticed when I did this on behalf of some of my clients was that it was getting some extra attention. We were gaining some eyeballs that we didn't have from our Facebook page. And what it ultimately did was drove a little more traffic to our Facebook page because I had posted in some of these local groups. So I would give that a shot. The other thing I would suggest that you might want to consider is that here on the Small Mind Podcast and from Molly Knuth Media, I have mostly talked about organic traffic. So that means we're just creating really high-level content that is valuable and educational to our audience, and we are not paying for ads. Now, Facebook has a whole platform within Facebook that is like just geared toward advertising, and you can spend as much or as little as you want to get your business advertised in front of your specific targeted audience. You have to spend a minimum of a dollar a day, but you can spend a maximum of whatever your budget is. 
And you can advertise in the middle of videos. You can advertise if people are logging in on desktop, you can get that right-hand column where your ad shows up. It also connects to Instagram. So like let's say people are browsing Instagram stories. In between two stories from their friends, they'll get an ad served to them and it could be your business. So all of that is set up through Facebook ads. And what I have done, like I said, is in a way to combat like lower reach and engagement, I'm just taking calculated risks. So I started setting up what are called continuous ads. So it's a minimum of a dollar a day. I want to increase just awareness about my brand. So I set up an ad campaign that just had pictures of various things for one of my clients, like their restaurant clients. So we had a picture of people enjoying their food, a server giving the food to a table. Uh, We had a picture of a drink. We had a picture of some food that they offered. And then we put that into an ad that says, spend your summer with us. And then they could click and get directions to the location. Super simple. It wasn't complicated at all. I did run into some like ad denials because I was showing beer and I was not targeting to, I was, I guess, had 18 and above selected for my audience age and it should have had 22 and above. But you will run into when you're trying out ads, some things that like you don't expect that make your ad get rejected, but just look into why your ad was rejected, tweak a couple things and then resubmit it for approval. And I think for that specific ad, I had to go through the approval process twice and then I finally got it to go. But that ad did some major, major traffic to our Facebook page and to the website for this client. So it was totally worth it. And I think we spent $30 over 30 days just to run it. Now, again, this is something that you can decide for yourself. Does it fall within your budget? If it does, maybe that's something you want to do for the summer months just to increase engagement while these people are like not on the platforms as much so that when they are on the platform, they will see you no matter if you have an organic post or they'll see you because your ad has popped up in one of the first few posts as they're scrolling through their newsfeed or Instagram stories or whatever. So take calculated risks, try new things. The new things I'm trying are changing up formats that I don't typically use, joining some Facebook groups, and then third, trying out some basic ads for my clients. All right, last thing for the episode. There are a few posts that I just go back to again and again when I notice that there's a dip in reach or engagement because these post formats and topics will always hit with a small town. So I call this return to your roots. And I think about what always works in a small town to spread news, to get fundraisers to work, to rally people around a topic. And typically it's when we share a need, when it is connected to a person, when it's something that the community values, and when it's like speaks to the heart, right? So in our small town, it just seems like when we can help others, when it's like bringing people together to do something, it seems like it gets a ton of support. So I think about how can we translate this over to a social media platform? And here's what I've come up with. So if you want to return to your roots and just grow that organic traffic, First step, share photos of your small town. Get out there, get on the streets, take pictures of your main drag, take pictures of the exterior of your business, take pictures of like common landmarks in your town and share that out from your business page. I would also incorporate like posts from other pages that are in your town. You can share that from your page too. So for example, this weekend in my town, we have a music event, a farmer's market, and then upcoming is like our big July 4th celebration. 
So from my various client accounts in this community, I'm sharing out those events on behalf of my business because they are a supporter of all things in our community. And that like really grows that community love. It's using our platform to advance the purposes of the town as a whole. And it just creates that overall like warm, fuzzy feeling. But anything you can do to advocate and promote your small town is going to be super helpful. And then you can tie it back into how you are a proud member of the community, how you're a proud member of the business community. Maybe tie into like you're belonging to the local chamber or volunteering on certain committees and boards, things like that. But anytime you can connect to your small town, people are going to love it. Second up, anytime you can share stories, people are going to love. So if you can share the story of why you started your business, share a story of a specific memory of summer from your childhood, share a story about a challenge you've had, share a story about a success that you've had, share a story about how COVID has changed your business. Stories sell and stories connect. So anytime you can share a story, it might take a little longer to draft a post like that, but it will get people interested in what you're saying and it will get them interacting with your posts. Another return to your roots kind of post that I know always generates reach and engagement is talking about who you help. So if you can get a picture of a client, a picture of someone you've completed a project for, or if you're like a product-based business, if you have a testimonial or if you have a picture of the person using or enjoying your product, that will really hit with your audience. So if you can get those, just do an ask with maybe people you've done business with recently. Send them an email or a text or a phone call and ask if they could send you a photo or leave you a review and if you could use that on social media. Or sometimes I just put out like an all call, if you will, on our social media platform and it'll just be a post that says, hey, have we worked with you recently? Have you been happy with the service or the product that you've gotten from us? Please go ahead and leave us a review on Google or on Facebook. And I will say like if you do a personal reach out via email or text or phone call, you're going to be more likely to get those reviews. If I do one of those all calls on Facebook, we don't get a ton. Like it's not like we get a ton of reviews coming in, but I just put that out there every so often. But if you can use some user photos, pictures of clients and customers who are happy with your product and service, that's going to really help you with reach and engagement on your social platforms. And then lastly, show up, show your face, share about you. Because when I think about small town, small businesses, a lot of times it has less to do with the product and the service they offer. And it has more to do with choosing that business because I want to support the person behind it. And I think that's true of a lot of small towns. So if you can show you or the family or the team behind the business and make it personal, people on social media are going to show up to support you. And then they will think of you when it's time to actually book your services or visit your physical location. So make it a personal thing. Don't shy away from the camera. Don't try to make this a faceless social media platform. Show up. Show you whether that's in pictures or on Instagram stories or on a live video, all of it can be scary. And I know a lot of people really hate showing up on camera, but nine times out of 10, if I share a picture of the person behind the business, it's going to be the best post for that month because people want to connect with people on Facebook. So don't forget to show the human side of your business too. All right, guys. 
That was an action-packed episode. I hope you got some nuggets of inspiration around your Facebook approach for the summer. I hope it has given you some tips for how to approach your posting, maybe given you some ideas for how you can take the next step, whether it's in joining groups or engaging more or in trying some ads. And I hope you also could connect with the fact that, you know, we're all just learning at the same time. We're not getting this information as social media managers before you as the small business owner. And so we just have to roll with the punches too. And I would just encourage you to roll with it, adapt, adjust where you can, and then reach out and ask questions if you need to. But Overall, I really do think Facebook is an amazing tool for your business marketing growth in 2021. And I would encourage you, if you stepped away or if you are just feeling uninspired, try again with some of the tips from this episode. All right. I am so excited to be releasing. You guys, we are like knocking on the door of 50 episodes of this podcast, which just seems crazy to me. But I am so excited to have the opportunity to be in front of you to help you guys out in any way. And if this episode has helped you out at all, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify telling about what you learned from the Small Minded Podcast. I would be forever grateful. Thank you so much. And I will be back next week with another episode. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small minded.